Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's Word. Enjoy the message. Well, bless the Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. God is good. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, that's what's up. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's so good to be near Jesus. Amen. To be able to worship him and be able to sense him speaking to our hearts during that time of worship. I'm like, God, I know you're saying something. I can just sense that these are the times and the moments in which you love to speak when you have our complete and utter attention. He loves to speak in situations like that. And that's what's one of the most powerful things about worship is it takes the focus off of us and what we're going through and it places it right on him where it needs to be. See, let me just say this before I even start preaching. You can look at the problem or you can look at the problem solver. Right? I choose to look at him. I cho- it's, that's my choice. I make the choice to turn off everything else so that I can hear from him. Back in the day, some of you may know this, uh, especially those who are saints in the Lord. Back in the day when you had a radio, when you were driving, you would have to turn the dial a little bit. Come on now. Touch your neighbor and say, I know what you're talking about. You, you know, it, you got static and, and you would hear a little bit of your song, right? Come on now. A little bit of your song and so you would have to work the dial, right? But when you got that song, come on somebody. When the, cl- when the channel was clear, come on now. You could throw your hair back, come on, Jesus. You can lean the chair back, come on. I'm just saying, when we can hear God with clarity, it makes all the difference. Can I just tell you, let's, let's strive in 2023 to hear from God clearly. To hear from him clearly. So it's a no-brainer, a no-doubt in what he wants us to do. That's what we need to posture our hearts to be able to do. Every single time I have an opportunity to hear from him, I want to hear it directly from him. I I don't want to waste no moments or no time in which I'm not hearing what he has for me. Because God has some amazing things for those who love him. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what his word says. He has some great things in store. We have to be in a position of listening. Come on now. In Jesus' name. I'm so delighted to be back here at CCC. And I I tell you guys, uh, and and I mean it with all my heart, uh, Pastor, you are living dangerously having me back. Come on now. I know some of you last year was like, what in the world did you allow in this place? Come on now. Right? Like, who in the world is this? And I always take it and count it as a privilege when someone wants to hear from little old me. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm just this trumpet. I'm a trumpet. You're a trumpet. Come on. Just, just throw your hands up and say, make me a trumpet, Jesus. Like, a trumpet is nothing without the wind going through it. Come on. Y'all follow me? Come on now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm useless unless the Holy Spirit is flowing and blowing through me. You know, and I'm, I'm raggedy. Come on now. Some of the vows don't stick. Come on now. But he chooses to use us despite us. And so I want to say thank you to this wonderful church. I've told so many people about this wonderful church. And uh, 
Last year, I had the pleasure of driving past this place a couple of times, and I had to let everybody know that I was at the church in Midland. Come on now. Every single time. They're like, oh, we know, we know. My family, my kids, uh, some friends and all that, and uh, I really, really appreciate what God has allowed us to experience together both last year and what he will do for us this year. I want to be honest with you before I pray. Uh, as an evangelist, there's a thousand, there's probably easy 5,000 sermons I could choose from. But I want the word that God has for us. Come on now. Like I can get something old that was really good, or I can say God give me something new, and he can give me. But irregardless of the old or the new, I want what he wants for us. And today, this message I want to give you today is what he told me. He kind of confirmed it a couple of times that this is what he wants. And I don't know who's here that needs to hear this message, but somebody needs to hear it. Come on now. So I'm like, Lord, it might as well be me. Come on now. In Jesus' name. So um, I'll say one last thing, and then we'll jump into prayer and we'll get into the word tonight. My wife, wonderful wife and our two children, Christopher and Allie, sends their wonderful greetings. I'm hoping next time I come around, if I'm invited to come around, if I don't mess up, come on now. In Jesus' name. I want to bring my, my wife is way better than me. I just need to let you know that. She's just way better than me. And she keeps me, people always crack up when my wife is around because I don't get to play around, you know. You know, my wife makes me serious, you know. She's like, you got to cut it out and I'll punch you in the eye. Come on. That's the way she, she's like, she's like, I'm here to humble you. Come on. No, but she sends her greetings. I just texted her and told her to start praying because we believe God is going to start speaking to people today. Friends have been praying. I know that you have been praying in your 40 days. And uh, we just want God to do what he wants to do. And the best of the best sometimes isn't what happens here, but what happens out there. To prove that God is really working. Come on now. When you go back to your house and say, you know what? That little black guy says that. Come on, right? Right? You say that on Monday at the job. Like, he said that exact thing. So God is like, yep, yeah. God is so good. So I want to thank you for uh, allowing me to be back. Uh, I had a wonderful time with Pastor Pat as well. Thank you and your wonderful team of on-the-job, hell-shaking prayer warriors that are mission-oriented in Jesus' name. Come on now. Come on now. You can give it up for them. All right. Thank you so much. I'm very much, I think that's why Pastor and I, uh, we connect so much. We're about discipleship and we're about missions. Discipleship and missions, those are the two wings that fly our plane. Come on now. Discipleship and missions. We want people to know Christ and grow in Christ. And then we want them to take the message of Christ across the street and across the sea. Come on now. That's how we do this, right? Across the street and across the sea. So thank you so much for that. Last year I had an opportunity to go on four missions trips. And when I say that to pastors, I see this look in their face. They're like, do you actually have a church? <laughs> like, yes, I do. But I love missions, and God has been so good to me. And uh, I'm hoping, this, I think I have four this year, maybe as many as eight. So, Lord, help us. Lord, help us, seriously. Yeah, so God is good. Let me ask you to bow your heads, and let's jump into today's word in Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you for 
a splendid time in worship where you were to focus, Jesus. Nothing and no one else matters except you. Because it's in that atmosphere, Lord God, that healing takes place. It's in that atmosphere, Lord God, that strongholds are broken. It's in such atmospheres that we get to hear from you the one word that will change the trajectory of our situation. So we thank you for that, God. We do not take those opportunities for granted. Lord, today we're just asking that you would speak to us from your word, that it not be about myself, oh God, or even this church, but it would be about you and what you desire for us. I'm asking you today that you would begin speaking to folks right now in Jesus' name, that signs, miracles, and wonders will just naturally flow both in this place and outside, both in our homes, Lord God, and in the workplace, both in the workplace and in the community, that people may know that you still reign on the throne and that in 2023 you're still in the business of producing unspeakable, unexplainable, crazy miracles. We need them today, Jesus. Now, God, we ask that you exalt your name and your word above all else. And everyone said, amen, amen. You got your Bibles ready. If you got your Bibles ready, just wave your hand, all right? I told Pastor that there's two things that gets me excited. If you want to see me run around this place, okay, if you want to see me literally run around this place, two things, have your Bibles open and take notes. Come on now. It's, I don't know what that is. It's like somebody, like, fanning the fire, but that gets me going. At, at my church, the more I run around, the happier the people get. So I don't have to go to Planet Fitness. Come on now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Tonight I got a word entitled Broken Vessels. Broken Vessels. And as you're turning in your word to the book of Jeremiah, at chapter 18, I want to start by telling you this, that sometimes when God is working, it doesn't always look the way it needs to look. It may not always make sense to us. And I think that will be the motif for us this week. At least that's where I'm going. It, we, we want it one way, but God has another way, okay? And we know that God's way is the best way. We know that in our heads, but in our everyday situation, we're trying to figure out, Lord God, I know that's to be the case because of your word, but how is that being activated in my life? I need some help with that. I'm human. You're God. You're spirit. I'm trying to catch up and connect with you. So help me to understand this. So with that being in mind, I want to kind of read this. this I'm going to read 12 verses, if you will, and that's going to set up everything we're going to talk about tonight. And I'm telling you right now, buckle up. Come on now. Buckle up. Because I think God is going to say something and he's going to throw this curveball in there that you may not see coming. In Jesus' name, the word of God at Jeremiah chapter 18, starting at verse 1, I'm reading from the NIV. The word of the Lord says this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house. And there I will give you my message. Stay right there. I want you to know already right out the jump, I'm stopping. In my own personal time, I'm already stopping because God has already made it clear who he's speaking to and how he's going to speak to them. He's saying, Jeremiah, you're my prophet. You're my sign agent to do my bidding. And I want you to demonstrate your complete and utter trust in me by doing exactly what I asked you to do. Notice God said, you are my servant, and then I'm going to direct you to go someplace, and then I'm going to give you the message. 
I don't know about you, but I need God to give me the message when he calls my name. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. Touch your neighbor. God, if you're going to talk to me, tell me everything all at once. Fellas, if you ever go shopping, I don't know if you go shopping like me. When my wife asked me to go over to Walmart, I'm like, babe, tell me everything now. Like, put it all on there. Do not, do not be hitting me up with the text when I get there because I'm already having problems on aisle seven. Come on now. Like, tell me everything right now. But this is not how God is operating. He's seen if his servant will be obedient. Come on now. And some of us, we want God to give us everything, but we're not even, we're not even demonstrating obedience with the first thing. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Come on now. God, I want you to tell me everything. And God's like, well, you didn't even listen to the last thing I told you. Come on now. So right out the gate, he tells Jeremiah, I need you to do this. And when you do this, that's when the next piece of the puzzle will come. In Jesus' name, watch this. It says this in verse 3. It says this. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. Verse 4 says this. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as he seemed as it seemed best to him. I, I want you to get the picture. Jeremiah goes down and he sees this potter doing work. The potter knows how to work the pottery. Come on now. And he, see, he was able to witness that the, the clay was marred. He says this in verse 5 and 6. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does? So here is the metaphor. This is God waxing eloquent in the Old Testament, he's saying just like you were able to see what I was doing through the potter, I will do with you, Israel. Now watch this. It, goes, it gets even better. He says this, declares the Lord. Watch this. Like clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hands, Israel. What God is trying to do is he is trying to establish to his people that he has utter control. See, I want you to know something, beloved. You think you control your life. Nope. God has ultimate control. He has ultimate control, and he can do as he please. It gets better, though. Watch this. And verse 7 says this. If at any time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. Stop right there. The key word in all this section is God is saying, if they are willing to re repent, I will turn it all around. I have the right and the authority to speak, speak condemnation and destruction and correction, but the second you repent, I have the authority to turn that around. See, let me just tell you this. You will not see this in your notes on the, on the screen. Write this in your notes, though. You won't see it on the screen. Write it on your notes. God will always respect true repentance. The psalmist David says in Psalm 51, 17, a broken and a contrite spirit you will not refuse. In fact, some translation says you cannot refuse. What I'm saying to you, brother, is this. The second we start to utter and express our divine, uh, to our divine Lord, our desire to turn away from our ways and express to him that we've done wrong, God starts to shift 
what happens in the heavenlies. And God is saying the same thing for his people. His people are in a situation that their disobedience has brought them to captivity. Y'all, I'm going to say that again for the people in the back row. Disobedience caused them to go into captivity. Can I just say this to somebody? There's always consequences to our sins. I know most churches don't want to say that, but I'm going to tell you that at this church. There are consequences to our sins, but thanks be to God for the grace that he offers us. Come on now. Now watch this. He says if they repent, he says this, I will relent from the disaster that I have planned. Watch this. Verse 9 and 10 says it like this. And if at another time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be built up and planted, the word of God says, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Come on now. Watch this. Verse 11. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. Look. I am preparing disaster for you and devising a plan against you. Watch this. So turn from your evil ways. God is saying, I'm, this is the plan. Come on now. He's like, this is what I'm going to do except if you turn away. He says this. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and Reform your ways and your actions. That's the NIV. I know some of you have different translations, so the wording is a little different there. I just want to give you the picture. CCC, I'm laying the foundation for this house we're going to build tonight. God is saying this is what's going to happen. Mama Merlin Jordan, come on now. My mama used to say, if you touch the cake before it's time to eat it, come on now. And Did anybody have an old school mama like that? I'm just... Anybody, an old school mama like that? I'm just wondering, the old school mama, you know, the kind where you had to take off your shoes before coming in the house. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? That was my mom. I'm saying, God was saying, here's the, what I love about God is he always places the standard there. He, you Listen, beloved, you will always know God's standard. His standard is holiness. His standard is righteousness. And when we fall short, thank God that he still has grace to help us. Come on now. That's what makes our God so different. He's not out for our destruction. He's actually out for our development. You're going to see that in just a second. Watch this. Verse 12, we'll land the plane here. But they will reply. Did you check that? They will reply. God is already knowing the condition of the hearts of those he's speaking to. You know those people, you speak to them, and before you can even tell them what you need to tell them, they already know the answer to what you're about to tell them. Can't say amen, say ouch. You know those people, you can tell them a thousand times, and they'll never listen. And you just keep telling them. Let me talk over here. You know those people, right? (laughs) He says this, but they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. The stubbornness of our evil hearts. So what's the context here? What's the context that we're reading from? Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. He is one who is lamenting 
what his nation is going through because of their disobedience. And he, being a prophet of God, wants to see his nation recapture the heritage and the passion it is for their God. And the only way that they can do that is to live according to the standard that God had called them to. And because they, because they did not do so, they find themselves in captivity. So that's where we find ourselves today. I say that because what God was saying was like, you, Israel, Judah, it's like a clay pot. And I have shaped you to contain and express me. God has made us just like clay pots. But as Jeremiah was shown, that clay pot, had it was marred. It was a problem with it. And so God was saying, listen, if there's an issue with it, guess what? I'm the potter and I have the ability to reshape you if I need to. I want somebody to hear me today. If you don't get this, you won't get anything else I'll say tonight. God says, I want to reshape you. He's saying, I want to remake you. For some of us, we think God is wanting to remake us because of something wrong we have done. Mm -mm. That's not always the case. The potter knows the use of the pot that he or she is making. Come on now. If you're with me, just nod your head. Like when the, when the clay goes onto the wheel, he already knows, she already knows what their intentions are for the pot. And God was saying and is saying to us tonight that tonight I want to reshape some of you. I'm telling you tonight, CCC, that God desires to reshape us. If there's a message, Pastor Keith, that God has made clear to me in January 2023, he's like, Cornell, I want to create a capacity for more of me in you. Y'all ain't hearing me. Let me say it again. He's like, I want more of me inside of you. And in order for that to happen, watch this. Here is the conundrum. In order for that to happen, I can't stay how I am. Anybody hear what I'm are you following me? Come on, just throw it on up. Come on, thank you in the back. Come on. Cornell's just this little old pot that loves me some Jesus. Come on now. But he's like, Cornell, I want you to have more of me in you. I want to use you for greater purposes. There's more that I see and that I want to do through you. In the state that you're in, I can't do that, the state that you're in. So what he does is he takes the hammer of discipline. And that which was small now has the ability to be reshaped to something larger. Here's the reality of a champ. In that state, I could only hold so much. I hear people say all the time, I want more Jesus. Then that means you want to be reshaped. They say, I want to be able to draw closer to him. Then you have to be reshaped. Because in your current state, what he wants to do in you and through you, he can't. So he takes the hammer of discipline. He takes the hammer of love. He takes the hammer of grace. And what we often think is punishment, God actually used for preparation. What are you saying today, Cornell? See, many 
don't like the breaking. Many don't like being broken. Now, we want to break through, but in order to get a breakthrough, you have to be broken. Come on now. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good preaching. Come on now. That's good. In order to, listen, to have a breakthrough, I have to be broken. Like, where in the world does it say, Cornell, it's going to be easy to have more of God? No, for me to get more of him, there's got to be sacrifice on some end. Because to go from the state I was in, watch this, to go from the state I was in to the state that he desires for me to be, he's got to add to me. I can't grow myself in him, so I have to allow him to break me. And so tonight, I feel with everything in me, the Holy Spirit is saying to CCC, he's wanting to develop within this body a greater capacity for more of him. And in order for that to happen, he, thank you, in Jesus' name, in order for that to happen, he's going to have to break us. You're like, wait a minute, Cornell. I didn't sign up for that. Come on now. I don't want the breaking. And I say to you, if you miss out on the breaking, you miss out on the blessing. Because your proverbial pot can't contain what God wants to pour in you in your current state. Write that on your Facebook status. Come on now. The more that God wants to pour into your life, my friend, you can't contain in your current state. That's why I love the first thing the pastor said to me. The pastor said to me is, we're on this 40 days of prayer. Why? Because we need to hear from Jesus. We got a community. We got a world. We got a state. We got a, uh, listen, we have this culture that's screaming for the Jesus that we know is good. And in order for us to do that, he has to do something he doesn't always get to do. And that is... Break us again, and break us again, and break us again. We don't like the breaking. Can I tell you something? Write this in your notes if you will. Hear this, beloved. Far too many people see the breaking as discipline when the reality is it's development. You think God is mad at you? You think God is doing something to you? Lord, why can't this happen? God is like, I'm just creating space within you for more of me. It's not that you have done something wrong. It's that you're actually allowing him to do something greater in you. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I, at, my, at my age, I want all that I can have of him. And in order for me to get to all that I can have of him, I can't remain the way that I am. See, here's the reality. That first pot, the smallest one, it can only contain so much. It can only contain so much. And in order for when that, when that plant that's in it gets to be so large, I've had to eventually move it into another space. Y'all follow me. Watch this. What are you saying today, Cornell? Can I tell you this? Write this in your notes. And because we fail to understand God's nature, character, and will, we resist him, stray away from him, and begin to sin all against him again and again and again. We begin to sin because we don't, listen to what I'm saying, because we don't understand God's character, nature, and will for us, we start to give up. When God starts whipping the hammer of discipline, of grace, and of love, we find ourselves giving up because we don't understand. Watch what the Word of God said. You're like, Gordon, how do you know that? Well, watch this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 
6 says this. The voice version says it like this. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he corrects each one he takes as his own. So if we don't want the disciplining, all we're saying is we're illegitimate. Can't say amen, go ahead and say ouch. So I allow, I, I allow God to do what he wants to do in my life because I know God can only do good for me. Now, I ain't hear a lot of amens on that. Let me say it again. I'm going to talk over here. I allow God to have his way in my life because all he can ever do is good in my life. So when I'm rejecting the breaking, I'm just communicating to myself and to others, I really don't know God like that. So what are you saying, Cornell? What are you really saying, Pastor? <laughs> Take that back to Ohio. Okay, here you go. I'm saying, I'm saying this. If you are here tonight and you're going through a season that seems like it's breaking you, bless the Lord. Because what God is wanting to do is create space for even more of him inside of you. Revelations 3.19 says it like this. Turn there in your Bibles with me. Yeah, you actually got to open up your Bibles in this church. Come on now, in Jesus' name. Revelations 3.19 says it like this. Revelations 3.19. You dare say amen. All right, you guys are quick to the trigger. Come on now. Revelations 3.19 says it like this. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. God makes it clear that he loves us. And in lo I don't know about y'all, but I told you about my, my mama, Miss Marilyn Jordan, had nine kids, right? She's going for a football team. Come on now. Come on now. To beat Michigan. Come on now. Jesus, come on. Jeez, I had to throw it in. Come on. I had to. Y'all, you, you guys whooped us twice, so we got to do something. She had six boys, three girls, Pops. Six boys, three girls, and I'm on the bottom third, okay? I'm lucky number seven, the youngest boy. My oldest brother, he's, I think I told you guys this. My older brother's like 6'3". He was 6'3". He's gone and he's with the Lord now. He was 6'3", about 3'02". You're like, well, what happened to you? Like, mama was tired by the time she got to me. Come on now. But I remember, if this is you, you just wave your hand at me, if this is you. My mama used to say crazy stuff like this. Crazy stuff come out of her mouth. Just absolutely insane stuff. She's like, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. So you know what I'm thinking, well, why don't you whoop yourself? <laughs> Woo, Lord. I couldn't say that because you know that would have arrested her. Come on now. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Well, why am I always the one getting whooped? <laughs> no, the Bible says in Revelation 3.19, he, re he, loves, he rebukes us because he loves us. He disciplines us because he loves us. So today, if you're here and you're like, Cornell, we're just walking through this season. I want to remind you what you just said. It's the seasons. And boy, oh boy, does, does change, seasons change. What he's trying to do is grow himself in you so that the, the flower that is the love of Jesus will be much greater than, then than it is now. Let me say it this way. I've challenged my church in this new year. We have to do something different this year that we didn't do last year 
that have proved that we've learned something since last year. Hello? Like, who wants to go through a whole year and not grow? Come on now. So if God is taking you through something, it's okay. He's just developing an opportunity for more himself in you. Watch what Psalm 119.75 says. Psalm 119.75 says it like this. I know, this is so good. I know, O oh Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me, watch this, because I needed it. Isn't that a good one? You're like, Cornell, where do you find that one? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I had to pray that one through. Because I needed it. How many of y'all know that God isn't going, he loves you enough to not, to not allow you to stay where you are? I was talking to pastor today, and I said, I have a really, really unique way of training those who want to be in ministry in our church. I love to use illustrations all the time. And I said, listen, if you come to the pool in your bathing suit, know I'm going to push you in. You're at the pool. Come on now. You're having a bathing suit. Like, this is not a beauty contest. You're supposed to get wet. Come on. What are you saying? I'm saying to you, God is set, like, look, there's something I want to do in you and through you. And in the current state that you're in, I can't get you there. So I'm going to break you to remake you for my divine purposes. And the breaking doesn't always seem good, but I can tell you this about a nice plant. Any, any, anyone loves plants here? My wife loves plants. And the best of plants, watch this. The one she really loves, she takes them and puts them in prominent positions to be seen. Come on now. I'm going to say that again for, for those who really know. Those plants that are really nice, my wife will place them in unique, strategic places so that when guests come over to the house, they're like, oh, that's such a beautiful plant. And my wife's got this big smile She features this plant that everyone that walks into her house can see. And guess what, beloved? God wants to feature his son in you. He wants to put you in such a place that when people see your walk of faith, when they see that you have gone through the storm, they've seen that you've gone through difficulty, they can say, how beautiful is Christ in them. They walked through so much. But God was able to use them even in that situation. So we don't like the breaking. But God uses it strategically. Can I tell you this? Go ahead and hit me. Listen, discipline isn't always punishment. It can actually be preparation for our progress. It could be preparation for our progress. I want to ask you all a question. Pastor, you guys don't know this. I just was laughing in my, I was laughing in my heart when we were eating today because, Pastor, you were telling me all the different places that we could eat and telling me about the menu. And, like, eating is the lowest thing on the totem pole for me. Like, eating is, like, the last thing I want to do, okay? Like, it's like I just eat because I have to. But how many of you here love pizza? Like, I'm talking about the good stuff. You know what I'm talking about, like, the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, my wife loves pizza. This is what I know about pizza. In order for you to get the good stuff, 
do you know the agony through which that pizza has to be made? They take that dough. They roll it all up. They throw it down. Pick it up. Throw it down. Pick it up. Throw it down again. Pick it up. They roll it and roll it, flattening it out. Mm. Some of the real authentic pizza places, they'll throw it up in the air. <laughs> catch it on their finger. And, <laughs> and then, guess what? Then it goes into the fire with all the good stuff on it, all the cheese on it pepperoni on it, the sauce all on it. I mean, the good stuff. See, we want the pizza, but we don't want the rolling. We don't want the mashing. We certainly don't want to be spun around. But we know the end product. Beloved, you're here today. You're like, Cornell, I feel like I'm being thrown down, flattened out, spun around. I'm in the heat of a financial crisis in my business. And I'm telling you, hang in there, because when it comes out, everybody is going to say, mm, that's so good. That's what I've come to CCC to tell you today. That in the difficulties that you're experiencing, God is trying to deliver a message that he's not upset at you. He's actually trying to develop you. Can I tell you this? Go ahead and hit me. When we resist God's discipline, look at this. This is crazy. This is really good. When we resist God's discipline, we delay our development and typically have to go through the same process again and again and again. I tell my, my church this all the time. Pastor, I tell my church this all the time. This is what we love to do. Pastor, I simply can't break through. Well, you need to stop. Right? I simply can't break through. Just like the Israelites kept going around the mountain because they never learned the lesson. Beloved, you're here tonight and Pastor Cornell wants to tell you, it's time to be broken. Break the cycle. Break the mindset. Break the complaining. Break the excuses. Break it all and watch him straighten you out. Watch him do something in your life that's never been done before. See, they say this. You do the same thing again and again and again, thinking you're going to get the same results. They call that insanity. Can I tell you there's a lot of insane folks here on this planet? Because they think I'll do it the exact same way like I did last year, but I always pray that it be different. When we resist God's discipline, we delay our development and typically have to go through the same process again and again and again. Some of you may know this. I went to school for law. I went to Youngstown State to study pre-law. And when I was signing up for school, I remember I had to take a test. I took a test. It was an English test. I was like, first of all, <laughs> first of all, why am I taking an English test when you clearly know I can speak English? That's just the way I think. And they made me take this reading test. Come on now. I know there may be teachers in the house. So Lord bless y'all. I, I live with the teacher. So here you go. 
They're like, Mr. Jordan, you need to take a remedial reading class. I'm like, what are you talking about? I know I can read. They're like, yes, you can read. But you cannot read on the level which is required for you to be successful in our institution. Y'all ain't here. I'm going to say it over here. We know you can read. But for you to be successful at this level, you're going to have to take a test. I could have kept complaining about the test, complaining about the exam, or I could have taken the class to get better so that I could be more successful at the level at which I was trying to get to. See, God is trying to say to us, you think you know everything, but I'm going to test you so that you can get to the level that I know you're meant to be at. Don't be like Pastor Cornell, a knucklehead. Come on now. Straight up knucklehead. He's like, no, I'm going to test you because I want for you to be successful. Can I tell y'all something? God wants you to be successful in every fashion, in every way. But in order to get there, he's going to have to test you to make sure you actually know what you're doing. I don't know about this, but it dawned on me one day that tests are one of the ways that we actually prove that we know what we say we know. And watch this. We don't like, to, listen to this. This is so crazy. We do not like testing by God, but we'll let everything else in life test us. Watch this. How many of you drive? Raise your hand. You took a test to do that. Hello. How many of you went to school? Come on now. You took tests. Come on now. How many of y'all married? I don't even say that. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You take tests all the time, and those tests are there to prove that you actually know what you say you know. Can I tell you this? Go ahead and hit me. When we resist God's plan for us, we communicate to him. Watch this. This is so crazy. When we resist God's plan for us, watch this, we communicate to him that, we, that he doesn't have a clue as to what he's doing or who we are. When you say, I don't want to be tested. I don't want to go through that. I don't want breaking. We say to God, God, you have no idea what you're doing. Here's what's crazy about that. The Bible actually speaks about that. You don't believe me? Watch this. Go ahead and hit me. Watch what the Bible says. This is crazy good. Watch this. Isaiah 29, 16. Isaiah 29, 16. Isaiah 29, 16. Watch this. So good. New Century Version says it like this. You are confused. You think the clay is equal to the potter. <laughs> That's my kind of language. Come on now. Listen, you think that an object can tell the one who made it, you don't, <laughs> you didn't make me. This is like the pot telling its maker, you don't know anything. That's good. Come on now. Because you don't know the truth, that's me. There's times in my life, and I'm going to be honest, I'm like, God, you have no clue what you're doing. Have you been there where you're like, God, is this really happening? <laughs> I got to give y'all a great example. I got to give you a great example. For years, I traveled and I spoke around the country. Years, years, and years. And this one particular time, I was flying out to L.A. And uh, I was going to do this big youth event. Okay, it's like 4,000 kids or something crazy. So I was hyped. I was, ex I was excited. This kid from Cleveland, Ohio, flying out to L.A. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. L.A. for all of them. And so I couldn't wait to get off this plane and go to this event. I just couldn't wait. And we got 
to this location, right? We got right over LAX, the airport, and all of a sudden the pilot comes on the loudspeaker and he says, uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but we're going to have to take a little bit of a delay and fly around the city for about 20 minutes uh, before we can land. And I'm sitting in my chair. I'm like, this dude, for real? Like, serious, 20 more minutes? I've been flying for four hours. Like, what in the world is going on? Lord, doesn't he know that I got some place to be? Anybody been like that before? I, or is it just me? Come on. Watch this. I'm like, Lord, you the miracle worker, right? <laughs> Can you just cause, cause him to lie in this plane right now? I was so upset. I just wanted to get to the event. It was all about me, 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 me. Let me get there. And I felt in an instant, brother, the Holy Spirit say these words. Cornell, this is what's really going on. You can't see it because you don't know me on that level. He says, while you're circling the city, I'm shifting things below you so you can land. Some of you are in this holding pattern. <laughs> and you're like, Lord, when will it end? But God is like, while you're in this holding pattern, I'm shifting things below you so that you can land. I'm getting things prepared and ready right now so that you can come in and enjoy what I have in store for you. I'm telling you, the Bible makes it clear, the pot cannot direct the potter. It's the, ooh, write this in your notes. This is free. Mm. It's the job of the pot to know the heart of the potter. It's the, oh, let me say it again. It's the job of the pot to know the heart of the potter. And as long as we don't know the potter, We'll stay on the wheel of shaping. Go on, somebody. <laughs> we'll stay on that wheel. He has to shape us and shape us and shape. Some of us have been shaped for 30 years. Ain't ever been in a position where he can fill us with something beautiful. This is the year we come off the wheel. This is the time when he can fill us afresh with his spirit. This is the time that the that the flower of his grace punches through the soil of our hearts. That his glory would be on display for us. Let me wrap this thing up today. Let me just say this. Can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? Listen, get this, beloved. God has the right to do to us whatever he wants. He is the creator and we are his creation. When my kids were young, they used to say this crazy line, you know. If you got kids like mine, you, you went through that before. They're like, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> Anybody else have kids that said that kind of stuff to you? You're like, huh? Like, did you actually say that? <laughs> you're not the boss of me. Like, wait a minute. Do you not know that you wouldn't be here if it weren't for, come on now. You see what I'm saying? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Listen to this. Isaiah 64, 8. Isaiah 64, 8. It says this. Isaiah 64, 8. You, Lord, are our father. We are nothing but clay, but you are the potter who molded us. Can I ask you, beloved? Let me ask you a tough question. CCC. Who's shaping you? What's shaping you? Have you been shaped by your emotions? 
Are you being shaped by what your bank account says? Are you being shaped by what the culture is saying? Or are you letting the spirit of the living God shape you? Because I've had to learn the hard way that it's not my way, it's his way. That's why Jesus was able to do the most incredible things. Not my will, but yours be done. What are you saying today? Can I tell you this? Romans 9.21 says it like this. Romans 9.21 says it like this. The potter has the right to do whatever he wants with his clay. Watch this. He can make something for a special occasion or something for everyday use from the same lump of clay. Watch this. Watch this. Here's the money quote. If you're going to quote something on Facebook, this is it. If you're going to hit TikTok, hit it with this next slide. Go ahead and hit me. This was the power statement. Watch this. Listen, beloved, don't just let God have his way in your life. Let him have his way with your life too. Not just in me, but with me. God wants to do something with us. Not just something in us. So there's some folks here tonight, by the end of this weekend, you will receive God's call, afresh and anew. Because he wants to do something with you, not just something in you. I didn't hear no amens. Let me say that again. I'm saying someone, <laughs> before I get in my car and pull off, someone would say, I know what God has asked me to do. He's confirmed it. Why? Because he doesn't just want to do something in you, brother. He wants to do something with you as well. What are you saying today? Can I tell you this? If the Lord allows us to be broken, it's because he knows that he's able to remake us. If he breaks us, it's because he knows how to take the broken pieces and reshape it. Some of you are here tonight, and if, man, this is your life. You're like, Cornell, you're hitting me to the T. No, that's the love of God, bro. That's the love of God, sweetie, saying, I'm developing in you a greater capacity for more me. You think. It's because of something you've done. No, no, my love for you is greater. It's something that I want to do in you. It's literally what you've been asking for. You heard them say, you better watch what you pray for. Come on now, because you just might get it. And if y'all really, if y'all like me, there's times I ask God for something, and then I ask God to get, take it back. Come on now. Like, Lord, doesn't this have a warranty? <laughs> He's saying today. I'm going to ask the worship team to come if you can. Can I tell you this? God can use each piece. God can use each piece. I have a huge book bag that I carry with me. And in that book bag is a piece of broken pottery. And on that piece of broken pottery, I've written on there the word deeper. Because if I want to go deeper, he's going to have to break me so that I can have the capacity for more of him. So I keep this piece of clay with me all the time so that I'm mindful of the cost that needs to be paid 
to get what I myself asked God for. It's a visual reminder of something that I myself asked God, wrote on it. I literally wrote on it deeper. Had a friend of mine write joy on his. Had a young lady write on hers peace of mind. You want it, it's going to cost. And the beautiful thing is God has already paid the price through Christ Jesus. You want a better marriage? It's going to cost. You want significance? You want to know what I'm dealing with right now in my heart, in my church? People are living unfulfilled lives. Unfulfilled. And God is like, I want to do something in you and with you. But in order to do it, I'm going to have to break you. Because it's going to require more of me in you. So I'm like, Lord. Line them up. Swing the hammer of love, of grace, of truth. Swing it. And swing it in me, because guess what? Cornell, Oliquist, Jordan, I don't even want to be the same. There's stuff you still want to do in me. Shame on me if I get into next year and I'm the same like this year. It's for real. How can we sing these songs of God being so loving, him being so merciful, he can do all things, and it's not happening in us? Come on now. So, Lord, I'm giving you permission tonight to break me. I'm giving you permission tonight to do what you need to do in my life. You know the prayers that I've been praying. You know those silent things I've been asking for. I'm giving you the permission. Pastor, I'm going to ask you to come here for a second. I'm going to hold this. You take the hammer. And I want you to think about what it is you desire for this body. Just think about it. This is, you know what your heart's desire is. You know what you pray in that office. You know what you pray in your prayer closet. You know what you pray in your car. You know what you pray with your wife. You know what you pray with your team. It's going to cost there's a price to be paid. There's going to be season where it doesn't look like it's making any sense. But what he's doing is he's creating the space for more of him. Beloved, do you really want more of him? Because if you do, get ready for the breaking. Now, nobody wants to sign up for the breaking line. But here's the, here's, here's the, here's the good stuff about the breaking. Can I tell you something? When God breaks, he blesses. Y'all hear that? What God breaks, he actually blesses. Isn't that crazy? He took the bread from the kid who had the fish sandwich. Come on now. The Bible says when he broke it, he blessed it. So what are you saying? I can remember in my life, God was like, Cornell, there's some things I need to break in you. You go to that next slide. Like what God had to break in me, and I'm just telling you, just hold that hammer. I was like, Lord God, I really want a church that's all about discipleship. I inherited a church that was uber outreach oriented. Suvants at outreach. I mean, just they knew Metro because of outreach. They didn't know Metro because of discipleship. And I'm like, Lord, 
I, that's, outreach is great. Nothing wrong with outreach. But I, I, you told us to make disciples first. If we get the disciples, the outreach would come. You know what he had to do? He had to break me in order for that to happen. And there was two, there were two years in our church when there's times I was like, Lord, am I really called to this? I was just in that season of breaking. And I didn't really understand it. There's times when I was like, honey, let's go on a prayer retreat to see if this is really God's will. I could easily just go back on the road and start speaking again. But God's plan for our life was to endure the breaking because he's creating a greater space for him. And I thank God that I didn't give up. It's the help of the Holy Spirit that kept my wife and I focused to get through those lean times. People leaving. All kind of racial issues up in the church. Financial issues in the church. All kind of things. We endured it. And thank God now we're reaping the blessings of a steadfast commitment of our Lord towards us. But he had to break us to do it. So I'm going to ask you again, Pat. What is it that needs to be broken? You know what it is. You know what it is. I'm going to ask you to take these next few minutes to consider these five things that you should know. Worship team, get ready. People, get ready. Get your hearts ready. Because in just a minute, I'm going to invite you to an opportunity to seek Jesus. Five things you should know. Y'all ready? The significance of you swinging that hammer will be revealed by the end of this month, this year, excuse me, by the end of this year. There's going to be a time for this. I'm saying this to this body, CCC. There's going to be a season of breaking, but out of that breaking, it's going to be a tremendous blessing. More lives coming to Jesus. More people being reached by the, with the gospel. But we've got to go through the breaking. We've got to go through the break. We've got to say, God, have your way. Have your way. It doesn't feel good right now. I don't know who you are in this place. I know it doesn't feel good. You're like Cornell. I hate my marriage. I'm wondering when I spoke. I'm telling you, let him break you that he can remake you. I don't know if I should go to school. I don't know if I should go to the military. I don't know what it. Let him break you to remake you. These five things. You ready? Let's go. Number one, if God breaks you, that means he knows how to remake you. You're not serving an ignorant God. Come on now. Put that on TikTok. Number two, though there's pain in the process, God purposes, God's purposes for your life will be made more clear to you. Some of you are here like, oh, you know what I need to do. Let him break you. You'll find out. Because this is what I do know. When I went to Lowe's today, I said, where are those pots? Right there. They knew exactly where they were. Because they were made for a purpose. And guess what, beloved? So were you. At the stage and age you are in your life, God still can use you. 
He can still use you. One of my greatest joys is going up to our, our saints in the church, saying to the saints, I got a job for you to do. They're retired, and they're like, well, what am I going to do with all these young kids? But I got a job for you. Number three, when and if God breaks us, he does it to better us. We think it's punishment when the truth is it's preparation. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't know that when I was younger. He had to take me through. Listen, I said this to pastor. <laughs> In order for you to go to something, you have to go through something. Y'all hear that? In order for you to go to something, you have to go through something. Well, I want to go to school. Okay, get ready for the test. Get ready for the exams. Come on now. Number four. We can resist the breaking, but when we do so, we miss out on the blessing it brings. We can resist the breaking, but we miss out on the blessing. And so what is that, what is that in real terms, Cornell, when I miss out on the blessing? It means that you keep going through the same old habits and emotions. And what I do know in this life is this. That God did not just call you to exist. The Christian life isn't about just hanging on. Come on now. I don't want that for my, I don't even want that for my kids. Christopher, if you're going to live for Jesus, live for Jesus. Hallie, if you're going to live for Jesus, live all out for Jesus. Embrace everything he throws and puts in front of you. And last but certain, not least. If you're broken, you don't have to remain that way. Place your heart in the Lord's hands and watch what he does. So tonight I want to ask you, what is it that you want the Lord to remake in you? With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here tonight. I'm wondering if this message is touch you and you're like, Cornell, I already know that there's some places, some areas in my life that need to be remade. I used to love worship. I used to love his word. Now nah, I got the grounds around. I really have to work hard to give God my attention. What does he need to remake in you? Maybe he needs to remake your devotion. Maybe he needs to remake your worship. Maybe he needs to say to you, this is the opportunity that you truly lay out on the altar. What you've been longing for in your heart. Beloved, tonight, God is desiring to remake you. Some of us in this place, the first thing we need to do is come to this altar and say, Jesus, forgive me. Because I haven't even been living in accordance to your will. Remake my faith, Jesus. Remake my faith, Lord. There's a time when the conviction was there, the tears roll. Now I have to be worked up to cry. Come on. 
in this place. Jesus desires to be Lord of all. His spirit desires to flow through you. There's times when you would sing songs of worship. There's times when his spirit would flow through you. That wonderful language that he blesses us with. It's been a long time since you've used it. So you're here today. I'm going to give some simple instructions. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, first and foremost, if you're here today and you know that your life is not right with Jesus. Yeah, you know Jesus, but right now you're not living in accordance to what his word has already purposed for you. You need to make a decision to allow him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at cccmidland.com.